Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford, and uh, we're doing something a little different today. This is a pre-recorded show, so ignore the phone lines. Don't dial in. There's nobody here to talk to when you're listening to this. I've uh, I've got uh, some friends with me today. Uh, it's uh, kind of a modified edition of Trucking Technology and Efficiency. Uh, Henry and John are with me today. Joel, I think, is still busy playing with uh, Volvo stuff. We're going to do something a little different today. Normally, uh, Henry and John are what we would consider our technical experts, but uh, today they're going to be commentators. We're all going to be commentators today. I'm just going to go through some trucking news I've been collecting and meaning to talk about and I haven't got to yet, and I'll do my usual commentary, and then we'll find out what they think. We might be a little all over the board today, but... uh, I think we'll find it interesting. So, uh, Henry, you're first up on the board today. Welcome back. Great to be here, Kevin. And uh, you said you're somewhere in Alabama, right? Right below Montgomery on 65 at the Flying J. There you go. You might even be on the road here while we're doing this, so uh, we'll deal with that. John, welcome. Hi, Kevin. Great to be back. And where are you today? I'm in my office in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Got it. All right. What's the weather like there? Um, I wish I could be happy about it. It's <laughs> 75 and sunny today. Really? It's, it it's, feels like mid-May. Wow. This it, has been the strangest winter we've had. Somehow Pittsburgh has missed every one of those Midwest storms and Northeast storms. And uh, we've had very little snow. Uh, skiing sucks around here. Uh, it's probably going to be gone <laughs> after this week already. Yeah. Wow. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's weird. Uh, it's, you know, I, I yeah, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's hot. Like I'm, I'm working outside the shop in, the, in a t-shirt right now. Yeah. Where I was earlier today. Yeah. Beautiful. I, you know, we, we could blame that on. Um, full on spring day. Yeah. We could blame that on global warming, except. It's the exact opposite for us. It should be about 60, 65, really sunny. I, I'm out in the garden sometimes this year, and I was a couple of weeks ago. It was beautiful a couple of weeks ago. We're we're like blizzard conditions. We're not really getting a lot of snow. Portland's getting pounded with snow. We're 40 miles away from Portland, and we got a little bit of a dusting, but it's really cold and windy. I mean, it, it feels like early January. Oh, wow. Yeah, just bizarre. Well, well Kevin, it's obvious what's going on here. What's that? It's it's the it's it's all the windmills that are causing global wind current change. <laughs> That's it. I think sub. I think they're killing, they're killing whales birds too. They do it. Yeah. No, we've gone way past birds. We're killing whales with these things now. Did you see that? Well, well, birds aren't real anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're government drones. Yes. Yeah. Now, the, the, I guess there have been a lot. I don't know what the number is, but I keep seeing this, and I've been seeing it for over a month now. Whales are just washing up dead on shore on the East Coast. Oh, that's interesting. They, they're they speculating. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Big whales. I mean, they're just, there they are on the beach, dead. They're speculating that the, we're building these wind farms offshore and they think it may be interfering with like their, you know, they communicate with all their clicks and sonars and sound and they think that may be interfering with them somehow. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Kind of weird. 
So that and you know what, John, in my commentary on it, interesting. That, that's right. So that's the kind of day today is going to be. We're going to talk about whales. We're going to talk about weed. I don't know. We'll talk about all kinds of stuff. <laughs> let's. Uh, in fact, let let's just get started because I I do have a list. Um, I'll read the headline. Uh, I'll give my points, and then uh, we'll pass it around. So here's the headline. ATA's Spear, that would be Chris Spear, the head of ATA. ATA Spear, trucking can't meet zero emission regs on California's timeline. You know, I, I think I've seen these numbers before, but I haven't looked at them in a while, and it's pretty incredible. Uh, I started driving in 86, so when I bought my first truck. Listen to this. To date, 98.5% of all emissions have been removed from our tailpipes. In fact, 60 trucks today emit what one truck emitted in 88. That's pretty incredible. That was going to be my commentary. That's incredible. It, it really mean, is. We've it really done is. so much. 98.5%. And I get it. Getting to zero would be nice, but... There's no hope of getting to zero. Not right now. It's impossible. The, the, the technology, the resources, that none of that exists to get to zero. Well, you can't get to zero if you walk. A horse is far from zero. And even if you walk, you're... Yeah, I think it's 38 pounds of particulate matter a horse drops on a daily basis. Yeah. On average. Yeah. John, what do you think? Ninety eight and a half percent. I think I remember reading that somewhere, but I don't know that it ever sunk in. I believe it. Uh, a lot of current engines actually clean the air that's going in, believe it or not. Um, and again, I think this will all change. I mean, they, they like to pound their chest and say whatever now. But as, as, as things go and as the sky is clear and so forth, uh, I think that, uh, you know, I think things will uh I'm not going to say they're going to relax. I think we are going to go toward, you know, obviously EVs are, are, are definitely going to happen and so forth. But uh, I think that as we haven't yet reaped the benefits of this stuff as clean as it is now, shall we say. And uh, I think people will stop being a little little worried about it. I mean, I do. I, do, I believe in climate change. I think it's happened. And, and I think we as human beings have done it. I, I agree. Uh, go on and on about. I agree. Uh, so there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the yeah. stuff we spewed in the atmosphere, the, the greenhouse gas thing, is that that that's that's a pretty solid philosophy. You know, the stuff goes up there and holds the heat in. I get it. Uh, but it's also change, right? Like, well, it's cold today, so there's no climate change. Well, it was extremely cold. We had we had some super bitter cold days this winter, very briefly, but they were insanely cold. They were like record lows for a day, you know. And then then all of a sudden it was 60 again, and you so. It, that didn't happen when I was a kid. You know, it was, uh, you know, snow fell in late November and the, the ground was white until <laughs> right. in March, you know, <laughs> well, it was, I, I, and that's what it was. I remember seeing all the, all the gray sludgy stuff, you know, in Ohio, you know, that, that, that I, you know, from the cinders they put on the right, and, you know, right. left flop around. The, so it was, and it was there all winter, you know, I, there. growing up. Huh? So, so, so there's, there's no denying that it's changed. Right. Right. Growing up in Northeast Ohio, I had a snowmobile. I, I wouldn't do that now. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Yeah. There, there are always really cheap snowmobiles on, on Facebook Marketplace around here. People buy them for who knows what reason and then don't use them for three or four years and then, then sell them at half price. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. It, well, the climate has changed. But we also have to realize the entire planet has been changing forever before we were even here. Massive changes. So did well, we affect those changes? Absolutely. How could you put 8 billion people on this planet doing all the things human do, humans do and not affect everything about the planet? My problem is we we run off on these half-cocked ideas by the government. I mean, government's just not very good at much of anything, and it's by design, I think. But we run off on these half-cocked ideas that could be making the problem worse. We We can't come to an agreement on anything. We fight back and forth. Whoever's in power puts their policies in place, and none of it really makes a lot of sense. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't have cleaned up emissions. We We should have. We did. Could have been done better. No big deal. We, we got it done. But now all of a sudden we're 98 and a half percent there. Any improvement we right. make at this point is going to be minimal. There's only a percent and a half improvement left to get. And now all of a sudden we're making the biggest push ever to get there. I, I, that That's well, what here, bothers me. Here's, here's why I think this push is going to die hear me out on this real quick. And, and then, then we were, we're, we're hogging time here. Henry's got something to say there here. Um, yeah. Well, just talk over us. Like I, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I, I grew up in Pittsburgh when it, when it, at the very end of it being what they called hell with a lid off. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I remember having to go to town, go, go to downtown Pittsburgh. The only doctor I ever had in my life to this day was my dad's aunt. who was a woman who delivered me and her office was on the South side of Pittsburgh. And I lived in the suburbs and I could not get over the stink or like sitting in traffic behind one of the Port Authority buses with that old 6092 in the back of it, just spewing stuff out. <laughs> and it was awful. It was terrible. Like my eyes water. That was, yeah. it was just not a good place to be. So, and again, this is philosophy. I could, I could be wrong here. Maybe I'm being optimistic and pessimistic all at once. So the powers that be, you know, we've got too many 70 and 80 year old white people that are in charge right now, maybe even in the 60s, right? And they remember those days, especially the ones on the left who are going crazy about the emissions. They remember that. Right. So they, they aren't seeing the benefit of being 98 and a half percent gone, right? So, so they don't know that they just don't want any of it. And it's, it's a ridiculous thing to not want any of it. Uh, if we're as clean as these things are, you know, if they were that clean 50 years ago, this wouldn't right. be an issue. It wouldn't matter. That's exactly. No Good point. Um, that doesn't mean that all these rules need to be repealed. So we need to find a balance where we get to finally reap the benefit. And then some more younger people who don't know life when it was like that are in charge. And all of a sudden they'll think, no, we're doing all right. It, that's, that's my point. I, I think that there needs to be, I, I'm all for, you know, I'll generally like vote for the youngest people going, you know, I, I really, really wish that our, uh, our, our representative looked more like the people they represent than they do. You know, it, it's heavily tipped toward like, you know, 70 to 80 year old white guys and they need to no longer be in charge. Concerned. You know, I'm uh, there. Uh, I'm going to throw it, in. The, a, I'm going to throw in the 70 and 80 year old white women, too. Yeah, those two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah and again, it's both sides. Right. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. One goes off on one thing. The other goes off on the other thing. And neither <laughs> of them have you know, it got to grow up with the benefits of the work that was done. Right. So now we've got you know, another generation, hopefully, who has. You know, I had a, I, I went back and experienced this, you know, when when I started in 86, we were, you know, 60 trucks uh, 
putting out, you know, pollution like crazy. They were all over the place. You could barely breathe walking through the parking lot in a truck stop sometimes. It, but you, it was kind of normal. You just thought that's the way it was. I grew up around trucks. I was always in, you know, LTL lots with hundreds of trucks running and, you know, smoke everywhere. And it, and then, you know, that disappeared over time. And then I went to Costa Rica. The best way to describe Costa Rica is it's almost identical to West Virginia. It's about the same size and it's about the same terrain. It's really, really hilly, you know, lots of steep hills, lots of elevation changes and a lot of two lane, no real interstates much at all. Uh, and you'd get behind a couple of trucks and they have all of our old trucks down there. I mean, you can recognize them all. It's, it's the stuff I was buying when I first got in the industry. That's what they're driving down there now. And you get behind a couple of them on some of those mountain two lane roads. And after a while you have to pull over. I couldn't breathe. And my eyes were burning. Made you remember remember the way it was, didn't it? It, Right. And it was bad. It really was. So I I love a clean environment. I I, want to find some balance on this issue. I don't want to just ignore it. But I I also just hate the the mess that we go through on this. I just wish we could find a better way. Right. Well, my point was, and again, maybe I'm being optimistic. I think the balance is coming. I I, I really think it'll be. You you might be right. Um, Henry, go ahead. John, I have a similar, I have a similar take to you, having grown up outside of Philadelphia, and I remember going down the Schuylkill Expressway to visit my grandparents that lived in Philadelphia, and your eyes just watering as a kid. And I was big on reading Ranger Rick as a kid, and want, wanting to save the environment. No, and everything that I've ended up doing, I feel like, well, maybe I've done some of that. But I also remember up in that area where they said the glaciers started melting and left all their rocks right? And live near that. Well, the glaciers and these ice caps started retreating long before even the industrial revolution. That being said, I think they've done, you know, the, the kind of power and efficiency at the same time that they're able to put out of today's cars. I wonder if the EPA didn't make them clean up their act, if they would have done that anyway, because you know, you go back to the 60s muscle car era, which I really liked, but those cars, it was, you know, bolt another carburetor on, put more cam, and they slobbered all over themselves. In fact, <laughs> just when I was at the Midwest Truck Show, they pulled up 68 BMC in there, I think it was, and they had it running to jumpstart a truck that was in there. Well, in no time at all, it had your eyes water. Right. And that doesn't happen now. So so we've moved no. in a positive direction. And, you know, when they say, I always think of the one time I was at a racetrack, they had this big ice cube there that was for this demonstration of somebody that made so many races, they called him the Iceman. But when you first looked at it, it didn't look like it was hardly melt. But the smaller it got, the faster it melt. Well, that reminds me yep. of the ice caps. You know, they used to go all the way down into Pennsylvania and further, right? Well, Yep. As as they get Finger smaller, the, the smaller they get, the faster they're going to melt, just like that ice cube laying out there on the pavement. That's my well, thought. Oh, that, yeah. That's an interesting well, thought, too. What what about this? If the average fuel economy in the industry is still like 6.7, I think that's the number they're putting out now, and we have Henry and Joel doing double digits, is there a formula? that Aren't we putting out a lot less emission? For if we if two trucks move freight five hundred miles, one gets twelve miles a gallon, one gets six. Didn't we cut emissions in half? Am I thinking about that right? Well, 
you're sort of thinking about it right, Kevin, but there's one thing I'd throw into it. It's like, how many more trucks are there running? So if you cut the emissions by 60 times, but you have 60 times more trucks running. Wait a minute. Wouldn't that put you at the same place? Or am I thinking wrong? Well, there's another way to look at this, too. Uh, Yes, we have more trucks because the economy keeps growing, but we're moving more freight with less trucks in 88 or in 86. I'm sure I can't remember when 48 foot trailers came out, but it was right around that time. We were still pulling a lot of 45 foot trailers in the early 90s. Now we're pulling 53-foot trailers, so we're moving more freight per truck, kind of like the railroad, you know, they brag about their efficiency, and and we've improved that. We've improved fuel efficiency. We've improved emissions. We've made huge improvements in this industry. Which is why I feel as though we should go back to 45-foot trailers but pull two of them on the interstate. They're not that big of a deal at all. To pull two forty-five foot is not that no. tough. There's a lot of parts in the country we could do that really well. We did it in Florida on the turnpike. Well, the reason I say 45 foot, the reality is when you get into a lot of these towns that were built in horse and buggy days, especially you get up into the Northeast, they're really not meant for these 53-foot trailers. Right. So a 45, when you got off the interstate and broke it down, and a lot of 53s was where the axle laws are, you can't fill the back part of it anyway. So to me, a 45 full would be better than a 53 not full, and you'd have the increased maneuverability and be able to pull two of them. And then we take areas near the interstates and we build these lots where you can drop trailers like we have on a lot of turnpikes. And while we're building those, let's, let's just make those truck parking as well truck parking and they, they can also be uh charging stations as well right so it, it's, be a whole other thing and, yeah. and, and to solve the driver the perceived driver shortage but one of the problems with this industry there's no career path you can start out if you have your full-blown cdl with all hazmat you can do anything day one the only limiting factor is the insurance companies make it like to be at a pull twin 45s you have to have six years of clean license, which would also you know, put an emphasis on driving safely. You know, why? That's that's the difference, in my opinion. This is just one more example of the difference between government and private enterprise. At, at FedEx, if you wanted to pull triples or long doubles, they were pretty strict qualifications. You had to have your license for longer. You had that's to have so many accident-free miles. that there And, and you got paid more which was a wonderful thing that you're right. That's how it should be. But, but I've been saying forever, we have no career path in this industry whatsoever. I, a driver can walk out of driving school and in some cases make just as much or more as a guy with 40 years experience. Yeah, I mean, there's places in the country where you can probably haul triple 45s. Yeah. Yeah. Look at what Australia does in the outback. I, I can the land trains, yeah. yeah. And the efficiency would be there. The career path would be there. And because you're moving three trailers with one driver, you've cut down the amount of chance for human error in that by three times. So, you know, you know you I, your safety per ton move. I, I'm just looking at my outline for the show today, and I was going to try to keep this to an hour because I've got a lot of work I've got to do, and i got to go out of town next week. 
Uh, on my outline, I had allotted four minutes for this topic. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> the three of us get together, we could talk about lollipops for two hours if we wanted to. <laughs> Oh, well, just imagine if Joel was here yet. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Right. We, so we, we can just run the run the hour with one subject. We're going to have fun with this one. I'm going to do something a little different. Because I've I've been pretty vocal about this one. I'll give my opinions, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to throw this one at you too. I, before I even tell you what the headline is, who wants it first? Oh, for I'll take it. All right. I, I got first left. So. All right. Here's here's the headline. Atri studying impact of marijuana legalization on trucking. What are your thoughts? Uh, I, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think it has any impact on it personally. Uh, it's, it's just like any other DUI. If you get caught driving stoned, you should lose your license, and that's simple. But just treat it like any other substance. It's you know legal most places now. Um, you know, just don't get, you know, if you, if you have a point oh whatever it is, alcohol level when you're driving a truck, you're going to get your license janked or be in big trouble. So same deal with, with weed if you're high at all. Uh, no, um, trace or whatever, or whatever leftover from in your system is another story. I mean, but if you actually are high, there should be some sort of sobriety test. They have a way to test for this. So I don't think you have any impact on it whatsoever. It should be handled like alcohol or anything else that's legal. Henry? Hello? Uh-oh. We lose Henry on that one. I, uh, you know, Henry might be driving. Let me see if the calls the calls still there, but I'm not. He's still there. Him. Yeah, okay. and he's he's unmuted. I see. Well, let me refresh my screen and see if he drops off. No, he's still there. He'll he'll probably. Oh no, he just dropped off. So I'll keep an eye on on it, and we'll we'll get his opinion on this one. So we'll get him. Um, John, you you took all the fun out of it for me because that is my exact answer. I mean, I just this isn't that big of a deal. You know, I was saying when they started legalizing this in in Colorado and I was there when they were talking about it, I was living there. My my thought was and I don't know why this didn't happen. I'm fine with legalizing. I think it should have been done nationally, should have been done a long time ago. I don't care who wants to argue what. My answer is always the same. If you want to talk about cannabis let's talk about alcohol point by point and and honestly i i just treat them the same but if we really want to get technical about it alcohol is far more destructive in my opinion in so many ways and we accept that part of our society we're adults we like to do things and and i don't want that stopped and when you allow things like that there will be negative consequences people will die i i I have a very personal story. I'd lost my future daughter-in-law to a drunk driver. And it was a horrible story. Mm-hmm. She was planning her wedding with her best friend from Colorado, and they went out for a walk, and she got hit by a drunk driver who was on her fifth DUI. Didn't even know she hit her. Oh, went wow. three or four more miles down the road, went off the road and hit a tree, and that's where they found her. And, of course, she wasn't injured. Um, and, you know, my future daughter-in-law's best friend is standing right next to her when it happens. I mean, just a horrendous story. Um, so I get it. it. There are a lot of negative aspects to having alcohol in our society, but I, I don't think it should go away. Life's dangerous in a lot of ways. So just that, all I ask, just treat it like alcohol. That's all. I don't think it's as bad, honestly. If you want to debate it, I'll debate it with anybody. But I don't I don't think it's as bad. So I'm with you. Why, why are we even making a big deal about this? I did say, though. Yeah, it would be no deal at all. 
before we legalized it the first time in any state, why didn't we develop a roadside test, a really accurate roadside test? We, I'm sure we can. I'm sure we have the technology. If somebody wanted to, we'd probably have it out in a couple months. I'm, I'm just shocked that we don't have that yet. Yeah, yeah, it should be easy. I'm, I'm sure that things exist to tell if you're even a little bit high or something or, or give a percentage. I mean, you should know what a trace amount is from someone smoking a joint before he went to bed the night before to actually being high while he's driving. I mean, it's got to be, shouldn't be any harder to test for than, uh, you, you, you know, know that, than alcohol. It that is be no harder. That is one of the things I've, I've mentioned about cannabis. It has a very short half-life. You know, you drink three right. or four beers and get drunk that that is affecting you for hours. You can smoke right. as much as you want till you almost can't see. Two hours later, there's almost zero effects left over. Now, edibles are different. Edibles, You're just hungry, right? And and giggling, or you know, you might fall asleep. Or uh, edibles can last about four hours. So there is a difference in edibles and smoking, and and the edible effect can last a lot longer. Um, the interesting thing, though, another comparison, we there's no way to stop somebody with our current laws from getting absolute hammered off duty. And 12 hours later, after trying to sleep it off, they may not have alcohol circulating in their blood anymore, which means they're legal to drive. Are they really in good shape to drive? No. No. And doesn't the FAA have a way to test for that? I, I know uh, pilots are, have to be really careful that they could, uh, you know, even days later, uh, they can get tra- tell that they were drinking. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but yeah, it's it's a, it, it's, it's a no-brainer. I mean, it really should be a non-issue. I don't know. It's, you know, someone's just trying to make some noise. They're, again, it's that old generation, you know, the ones who grew up watching Reefer Madness and whatever, <laughs> you know, still have that connotation about weed. I'm serious. No, I you're mean, right. I, I agree. That's the, why I'm laughing the, because the, you're right. The, the, the yeah. 70 and 80 something need right. to get the hell out of the way. I'm yeah. sorry. This yeah, needs I, to happen. I mean, so I actually love that about Nikki Haley's speech. That might be one of the only things I love about her. But I mean, she she's right on with that. It's like, come on, we need we need we need we just you know across the board. But it just needs to to change. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but, but so, yeah. Did, didn't you hear Don Lemon said she's past her prime? She's past her prime. Okay, well let's talk about <laughs> past their prime. Did, did, you didn't see that. <laughs> Have you looked at Mitch McConnell lately? I, Come on. You've you got to go look up this clip of of Don Lemon saying this, because not only did he say it. So here, here, here's the setup. So Don now got fired off of his job in the evenings for being an idiot, and they moved him to the morning show with two women co-hosts. So he's on the show. Right. And he they're talking about Nikki Haley announcing, and, and he says, but but she's past her prime. And as soon as he says it, the other two look at him like, what? And and then he says, listen to this. Listen to this. He says, no, no, I'm serious. I Googled it. Just go Google it. It'll tell you. I, I'm not kidding. And, he, and, he, and he's all excited. He's like, Google it. It'll show you. Women are in their prime in their 20s and 30s. Google it. <laughs> oh, oh for what? For having baby? I don't, is that it? Is that what he's worried about? That's exactly what his female co-host said. She said, in her prime for what? <laughs> for, yeah, they should they should have smacked him. Yeah. So Well, they see so that, then smacked him and took it. him off the air again. <laughs> <laughs> My God, we've got a uh, we've got a what is he in 
What is, what is Biden coming up on an octogenarian in the White House and he thinks a 51-year-old woman is past her prime? <laughs> Why the hell is he even there? I'm sorry. I mean, I, I may even lean slightly that direction compared to most of most people we're talking to here or you. Right. And I'm like, no, no, just don't even run. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then immediately talking about his second term. How the, how the heck are we going to bring any new talent up if you people won't get the fuck out of the way? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. It's just, yeah. it's ridiculous. So, well, yeah. and I'm going to pick on the Democrats because it's fun. I mean, go back to the campaign. Remember, all everybody got into the race on the Democratic side, and they're like, oh, we need something other than old white men. And yet, what did we elect? Well, that's, yeah, I think, again, that's, that's, that's how Trump won, the, won his primary as well. Yeah, everybody in the world was there and spread it, spread it out so thin that he got it. Yeah. So it was the same deal. And we get another old There white should be man. like a primary for the primary. <laughs> they, they should like have to narrow it down to three or four. What, wouldn't, you say, yeah. wouldn't you say that, that for something like a politician, you know, president, whatever, their prime is probably their 50s and 60s? That's it. Yeah. They're like retire at 65 or 67 and be done with it. Right. They're experienced. They're calmer. They're, they're, they're wiser. They're in a better place in life. They're not raising kids anymore. If we were to pick ideal. Well, and they're young enough to have just raised their kids. But if you think about it, they still have that stuff fresh in their mind. They're still kind of hip. They still, you know what I mean? They know what, they know what the young. So to me, that, that's, that makes a difference. It's important. Yeah. And and I'd like them to be proper statesmen again too. I, I want someone who's well spoken, well educated. Um, you know, I just yeah. So I, I really maybe I've held that stuff on a pedestal my whole life. My family was involved in politics forever. My grandfather was the mayor of the town where uh, where my dad grew up for thirty yeah. years. And school board and everything under the sun, and you know that there that used to be a higher level. I mean, you you know you used I, to you remember what a big deal it was when everyone found out Clinton smoked weed. I mean, geez, that's nothing now. I mean, it's, it's, oh hey, it's okay. He didn't inhale. He didn't inhale. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. He didn't inhale. So, and the fact that we were in a society where he felt pressure to to to, to have to not admit to inhaling was just ridiculous too. But yeah, you know, I, I don't. Yeah, it's just it's just it's, I don't know. It's all kind of crazy right now. I, I agree. So, I, uh, Henry, I'm not sure when you dropped off, but uh, we came to you to get your opinion. Um, uh, did you hear what we were talking about? On the marijuana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was talking, and I got a weird phone deal that I lost all my bars, and it said SOS. Oh, boy. And, and huh. It came back. But, but well, you got, are you talking about, like, an air base or something? I was, I'll tell you, I was, I was in Homestead, Florida, really quick, really, really quick. I was in Homestead, Florida a few weeks ago, and the phone would go to this SOS thing instantly. And it would happen to everybody. And the people, the locals said it was the airbase. He said they had some way to scramble everybody's phone while something was coming in or leaving or going or something. And it would only be for a few minutes, and it would be back. And we were right next to the, the track down there. was right next to the base, and the hotel was less than a mile from there. So it was bizarre. So maybe you drove by some uh, some government facility that was uh, that was lacking your phone service, or maybe you drove under a Chinese spy balloon. <laughs> back to back to the marijuana's effect on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Henry. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my my biggest effect would be wondering, you know, what it was paying per mile to haul it. But, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
That's my two cents on the subject. That's that's the correct perspective right there. I agree. I agree. Transport it. I will tell you. What's it pay? I, I will tell you, this is one of those topics that when I first started talking about it, drivers lost their mind. Like they didn't even want to hear me talk about, why are you talking about that? This is trucking. I, yeah, I know. It's an issue, but come on, relax. I, they lost their mind over it. <laughs> yeah, here's the other thing I want to go back to. When, people should be, go ahead, Henry. Do I think they should, you should be smoking a joint and driving a truck? Hell no. I don't Hell think you should no. be drinking a beer and driving a truck <laughs> right. either. Or, right. You, you, you probably shouldn't have a shot of tequila and drive a truck. You know, you know it, there's, it, there's a whole list of things. That, just, just in general, I think that if you're going to consume anything that changes you like that, alcohol, cannabis, whatever it might be, that there should be a sleep period in between when you did it and when you went back to work. It, it, something just as simple as that. You know, I, I don't think you should do it and then four or five hours later go to work. At a minimum, yep. Right. And that wouldn't be a big deal. You know, the one thing I'm actually pretty encouraged about, I wish we had a more accurate roadside test like a breathalyzer. But I'm a, does anybody watch OP Live? I don't know. What is that? Um, It's, do do you remember um, Live PD? I used to talk about it. It was the TV show where like it's police department. Well, it's like cops, but it's they the camera crews are in the car with them broadcasting live. So there's like 30 camera crews around the country with six or seven different law enforcement agencies. And they're in there and you're seeing it in real time. So it's like cops in real time. I, I'm fascinated by the show. The funny thing was this show started on A&E several years ago. And when they did the whole defund the police thing, A&E canceled it. It was the number one show on cable TV. It was a huge phenomenon. It has like a cult following. They oh, just, wow. they canceled it. They just dropped the whole thing. It was their, probably their biggest show ever. They must feel like idiots now. So <laughs> the, the, some, well, little, that is like the exact opposite of what they should have done in that exactly. situation. Right. The the show actually helped relations with the cops. You got to see what they were doing. You got to see what they had to put up with, what really happens on the street. And they canceled it. Stupidity. So Reels, some other little channel, picked it up. They changed the name. They call it OP Live. They have the same host. Um, Oh, guy just drew a blank on his name, too. Abram. You see him all over the cable news. He's a, an attorney. He's been around a long time. A good guy. I like him. He's a good host on there. Then they have this cop that he used to be a cop in, in Tulsa, and he came on the show as, as part of this whole thing. He ended up becoming the co-host. Guys, he's a really good part of the show, too. But one of the things that, that I'm encouraged by, I watch the show all the time. It's on three hours on Friday night, three hours on Saturday night every week. So you get six hours of this stuff. Um, I don't know why I'm so fascinated about it. The last job I would ever want is to be a cop, but I love watching it. For so I think I just like watching idiots because you see a lot of them on the show. It's pretty incredible. Uh, you see it real real time. But one of the things I'm encouraged about they they take in a lot of people on DUI that it's not alcohol, and all they're using is the roadside test. They know it's narcotics of some kind. You know, it could be opioids, could be meth, right. could be cannabis, but it, it seems like they're trained really well at picking up on this stuff and they will arrest people and they do it quite often for impairment. Right. 
you, you know, you can't tell me, I hope I don't, oh, I don't care if I piss anybody off of this. Given the physical state of a lot of our truck drivers that we try to help with, or you try to help with more so than I, uh, I mean, physical conditioning, shall we say, um, the RA, the back issues, the everything under the sun issues, the litany of meds some of these guys are driving on. Oh, good, good that point. They can drive on legally. Opioids. No one's up in arms. No one's up in arms about that. Yeah, you could you could be on your on your whatever pain meds because your back hurts or because your knees hurt because you're overweight and you have RA and you're on whatever it is to keep it so you're you're you can at least walk and and I, I feel for you there. But one, you don't have to be that way. Two, you really ought to not be driving a truck while you're on something like that. I, so that, that bothers me more than a guy smoking a joint before he goes to bed. I scream and, about this yeah. all the time. It, it's totally legal for a commercial driver to be on opioids while he's driving. I'm not asking for anybody to be on cannabis while they drive. Not even close. If there's any right. impairment, you should lose well, your license. I'm all for that. But you're right. You can load a driver right. up with a, a cocktail of Xanax and opioids and, and off he goes as long as they were prescribed by his doctor. Right. I'm putting him in front of one of these eye hand coordination machines. It's I guarantee it's affecting him. Yes, it is. Uh, while you're on that subject, I just heard a figure yesterday on a conference call. I can't verify it, but apparently when they were checking on, I guess it was somewhere in FMCSA data, so maybe there's a way for you to look it up, but the figure was like 60% of the drivers have less than a year medical card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. We don't even have to speculate at this. We can just go look at the status of medical cards. The, uh, Henry, how many med- uh, physicals have you been through? Aren't they a joke? I, I can remember one. This is I am not kidding. I walked into the doctor's office and he said good morning as I was walking through the door and I responded and said good morning and he checked off my hearing was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, what was that? <laughs> the DOT physical is a total joke. And yet we have so many people that can't even pass that. All right. We're going to move along. Um, here's one that I don't think we'll spend a lot of time on, but I just I find it kind of funny, actually. So I thought I'd mention it. Um, here's the headline. Bobtail truck drives into Bay at ferry terminal. <laughs> Free truck wash? Yeah, it's he Free was. Uh, it, it, you know they're they're standing around looking at a truck eight feet underwater. That's a bad day. Did he forget to pull the uh, brake? It doesn't say. What I, they, you know, maybe he was following his GPS. I don't know. It's it's something. What they don't even. Could have been, <laughs> could have been an important text. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it actually says that a heavy tow truck was used to remove the truck from the water i would have loved to watch that and the ferry dock was closed for 10 hours um yeah i don't think that requires a whole lot of comment this one uh i don't know if this is any big deal but I, i i'm not i don't like all the mergers and acquisitions and big companies buying other big companies and i i like a lot of competition um BP bought TA. Oh, wow. I but, wish I had the stock. It jumped up 70% in one day. Yeah. Here, here's. But again, I, I'm going to read just the little blurb. There wasn't a lot of information here. And 
just goes back to, again, this hyper-focus. So with its acquisition of Travel Centers of America, BP said its global scale will allow it to to develop more electrical vehicle charging, biofuels, renewable natural gas, and later hydrogen. Um, So again, all we want to focus on is this big green electric vehicle push, and and I'm all for it. I just think we're going about it all wrong. And and I I don't like this. I I don't like to see all this um, uh, large companies merging. I don't think it's good for us. I think it's kind of interesting in that case because when's the last time, because what's a truck stop, but a big version of what a service station used to be combined with a convenience store, right? And the service station business, well, we know that turned into convenience stores. It, isn't this one of like the first times the oil companies themselves got back into the fuel retailing and service industry? side of it like a service station i don't know because there's no service i have to stand out there and pump my own damn fuel <laughs> but yeah you understand where i'm going with that though you know the shops the everything else it's it's trucking's version of a yeah what used to yeah. be and what we knew as the service station yeah i just don't and, like and the fact oil that companies have pretty well moved away from that i find it interesting i don't know whether i like it or dislike it but I find it interesting for them to go back into that real estate sector. You know, I'm, I'm I'm all for large travel centers that give me everything I need when I stop there if I want it. I, I love that. Make them as big as you want. I don't like the idea of taking two giant companies and making them one now. Just less choice, more monopoly. I, I, I just think it's a... I'm just a big believer in small business. And I realize we have to have big businesses, but I I just, I'm not just not a big fan of all the consolidation. Well, okay. Okay. Mr. Libertarian, this is where this, this is, this is the double-edged sword of, of deregulating and feeling the antitrust laws. I know. And I I will say in the same sentence, I I don't like this merger, but I don't want the government to tell them no either. I, I wish we had more responsible CEOs. You know, I, I really do. There's there's a book, and it was written by the guy that started um, Whole Foods uh, called Conscious Capitalism. And I'm not a big fan of that guy. I, I'm not sure that he follows his own advice. Um, but I, I like the, the concept of conscious capitalism, where, of course, we have to generate a profit. That's what business is all about. But business doesn't have to be all about profit. It, it's first. I get that. And it should be. But but you can run a really responsible company and be very profitable. And I, I, that's what I wish. I don't want the government to control this. I don't want these companies to be told they can't, but I wish they wouldn't. Well, Henry had something there before I jump back in on that. Well, the one thing I was going to say when I looked at that particular purchase, BP buying TA to them out of their piggy bank, that was pulling pennies out. Yeah, no doubt. TA is not that big of a company in comparison. Correct. In, right. in, actually, in comparison, it would probably fall under a small business. No, I'm pretty sure TA should. In comparison. Uh, well, yeah, I guess we're going to do it in comparison. I think the technical definition um, TA meets, you know, they're not a small business, but you're right. The, the, the size difference no, here is, is mean, pretty substantial. Yeah. Yeah. The, it didn't dent BP's coffers at all. all no, right. it's a drop in the you, bucket for them. 
but you here, yeah, here's here's another one. Um, I know I talked about this on my show when I came back from my trip to Tennessee. I'm not sure if we talked about it. Did we ever talk about the staged accidents issue? Not one I've been on. Okay. So we'll talk about this a little bit because uh, there's a there's another article in the um, industry magazines about this. When I went down to speak at that conference, there were five of us speaking and we had to speak in Memphis on a Tuesday and Nashville on a Thursday. And we had several dinners with people. And so the five of us were like, we spent a lot of time together that week. We were traveling together. We were eating together. And I hadn't met any of these people before I got there. Um, one of, and the whole conference was actually about, um, insurance and and staged accidents in trucking. I mean, it was an insurance company that invited me to speak. I was the only one. I was the keynote speaker. So everybody else, all the other speakers that were there were experts on the topic. I was just there as a general keynote speaker. So I got to spend a lot of time with these guys. The stories were incredible. So there's there's this guy from um, Louisiana. New Orleans is where all of these staged accidents, that's like the epicenter of this. It's spreading, but that's where it started. That's where a lot of these cases are. This guy owns a fleet down there. His father owned a fleet, and then he started another one And when he was like 20-something. Um, has a, about 150 leased owner-operators that run in and out of the ports in New Orleans. And this has been going on for a long time down there. And he started equipping his trucks with cameras that with like 360 degree views of the entire unit because he was so worried about this. And he's been charged a couple times in these and he's trying to fight back. So he's really doing everything he can to fight back against these staged accidents. And he's got this footage and he's going to take them to court now. They're trying to take him to court over an accident. He's he files a suit against them. This thing turned into like a John Grisham novel. I mean, we have the mob involved. The first person who ever who was charged with arranging one of these staged accidents, they caught him. They charged him. He was going to court and he was executed. By the mob. Oh, that was probably stage two of the mob. He assumed. Yeah. No, it was assumed room temperature. It was a mob hit. I mean, like I said, it reads like a Grisham novel with what's going on down there and, and just crazy. So not only do they he was able to prove that not only are these accidents staged, but there's a whole infrastructure There are attorneys. So this particular accident that he was being charged with and he was charging them back, he was able to prove through emails. The guy arranged the entire accident, designed it. This is where it's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. This is how many people are going to be in the vehicle. They recruit. They'll use like nine passenger vans and recruit more people so that when they get in the accident, they can have nine lawsuits instead of just one. That's how extensive this stuff is. They were able to prove that he designed the entire accident and then took it to multiple attorneys shopping it around to see who would give him the most money when he if he made this happen. And they were able to prove that. So we have attorneys involved in this. We have a mob. We have these people that go out, recruit other people to be in this. This is big business down there. Well, my thoughts on that one, Kevin, is 
Later on today, I got to go through Louisiana. Huh? <laughs> Here, here's be careful. <laughs> so here, here are some of the accidents too. This particular accident, the guy's just came off an interstate. He's on a, a multiple lane, two lanes in each direction, coming up on a traffic light, and there's a ramp coming up on his right. He sees a car and a pickup truck stopped like right behind each other in the, his right lane. He's in the, the left lane now coming up this intersection. And as he passes them, the car shoots over and runs into the tandems on his trailer. Well, that's not chargeable. That's not his fault. It doesn't matter. These trucking companies won't take anything to court anymore. They just settle. So these accidents aren't even the driver's fault. It's not e- they're not even rear end accidents. Some of them are. They had a couple films of those too, and they're so blatantly, you know, staged it's not funny, but they don't even have to try to make the accident chargeable to the driver. They'll just run into the truck. They have damage, they have injuries, they have injuries. The trucking industry will not fight back. They just settle on these things. Is that the trucking industry that won't always fight back or the insurance companies that insure the trucking industry that don't fight back? Both. More so trucking. Well, I get it. It's probably both. It's, the companies would probably rather just settle than, than have insurance claims and have their rates go through the roof. L- listen to this one. Yeah, sure there's some sort of balance there. Listen to this With case. With that, did they go after big carriers more so than they did one well, truck independence they didn't know of because – doesn't, they wouldn't get much. Right. It doesn't seem like it. You know, he's 150 trucks. He's certainly big enough. You're, you're going to get millions out of somebody like that. So I'm sure they, they kind of, this is so well organized. I'm sure they know. Listen to this one. This is an ac- absolute case. You can go look this up. Um, would we say that Werner, I mean, if you think about it, I don't care what people think about Werner, but they're one of the safer fleets in the country. They were the first big fleet to be on e-logs a decade before anybody was even talking about it. That was safety for them. That they 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 have a big safety culture at Werner. So there's a Werner truck on the road, a car with two adults and two kids, I think. Stopped in the highway. This in, one across the median? No, this one stopped in the highway, oh, no. in the travel lane. For some reason, the adults get out of the car, and they leave the kids in the car, in the travel lane, stopped. And the adults walk off to the side for some reason, and Werner comes over a crest and runs into the back of them and kills the two kids. Now, you might think my first response was, well, you know, you run into the back of somebody. That's a that's a bad one. But it was they did a good investigation. They said, look, there was no way that the truck could have stopped based on the conditions. And and this car should have never been left there like that. Or the kids should have been. Not only did they not charge the truck driver in the crash, they criminally charged the, the two adults in the vehicle. They they charged them criminally. The driver got nothing after the investigation. Werner settled the case for $150 million. Wow. $150 million. There was, they said there's no way we're taking this to court with two dead kids. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, all you do about that, how, how do you back? Right. Yeah. So how do you stop people from doing shit like this? It's obviously illegal, but they got to get caught. 
So what? What? Yeah, this I don't. I don't know how you killed. Yeah, what this guy's yeah. trying to do? He he's trying to get the. You know, he's a hundred and fifty truck guy. I mean, he's he's small peanuts in in this business, and he doesn't have the money to fight back on his own. He's trying. He's trying to recruit these big carriers to to join him and fight back. Use some of the money and the resources they have to fight back. However, you have to fight back. They took us through stuff that these attorneys, these trial attorneys have huge association. You know something else that's going on that I think is just, even being a libertarian, um, this makes me a little crazy. So there are now investment companies that take in money from investors like you and I, and what we're investing in, we are investing in a group of trial attorneys and we will get a percentage of all their winnings. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah, I believe that. Well, I've got well, a friend who's a... why you see so many billboards for the trial attorneys. Yeah. So I've got an enterprising young, youngish friend. He's a little younger than me. He's in his 30s or maybe 40 by now, who is super wealthy, uh, trust fund baby. Never really works a real day in his life. And his best friend is a basic ambulance chaser attorney in New York City or near New York City on Long Island. And they're racer buddies, right? So one of them, the wealthy kid, comes up with the idea of funding lawsuits that Charles is going to do. Charles is the attorney. Brendan's the, 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 the rich kid. And, you know, he's got millions and millions of dollars. You know, he could, you know, it's in a trust. He could probably not ever go broke, but, you know, he might have to wait for money once in a while. He started a business called People Chase Legal Funding is the name of it. And he started with his friend, the lawyer, and he has numerous lawyers now where he will go. And what they'll do is he'll use his money to find a case, some sort of ambulance chaser type case, and settle it before the case even happens. So there's some risk involved anyway, right? So right. The lawyer will take Brendan's money, throw a pile of cash up front at some distraught person. Uh, they'll be happy about it. He'll take the case, win maybe double, triple the money sometimes. Uh, if that happens, I think he does give a small kickback to the guy that they already bought off, but then they keep the profits. That that's very similar to to this model. Um, I, uh, but it's listen, just on a grander scale. Yeah, listen to the scale of this. This fund, this fund that started, and again, you're investing into this fund, and the money goes to trial attorneys, and if they win, then your investment gets bigger and bigger. This one fund. For this one company, one fund raised over a billion dollars in six months. You can it's funny that I got called into a on jury duty to one of these cases, and is and a guy without a helmet ran into a motorcycle after he didn't stop at an intersection, and somehow this was the truck's fault. But anyway. As soon as they found out I was a truck driver and owned a trucking company, I was dismissed. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you, they do not want you on that jury. The the, the defense attorneys will get you off <laughs> the jury in a heartbeat. Um, you know what I might do? I'm looking at the clock. We've got two hours of this. I just may break this up. We may play um, the first part of this tomorrow and play part two next Friday because I'm going to be off next Friday too. All right. Yeah, I think it's time we're going to wrap this up. I think we will release this as two parts. So if you're listening to this at some point, you'll uh, you'll hear part of it one week and 
part of it the next, but it uh, it's just a bunch of odds and ends. We were kind of all over the board today anyway. I think we had fun with it. Uh, and I've got to get out of here. I've got a lot going on. Got to get ready to hit the road next week. So we will uh, see you real soon on another episode of Trucking Business and Beyond. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.